Welcome to the Purposeful Parenting Podcast. I'm Harriet Rowe, wife and mother of four adult children, three girls and one boy, all graduates of the United States Military Academy at West Point. Grab a cup of tea or coffee, get cozy, and take in your weekly dose of Purposeful Parenting. Here we go. Would you agree that children occupy a huge part of our thoughts? We're always wondering if they're okay, what they're eating, and if they're eating right. When they go to school, are they getting along with the other children? Will they grow up to be good citizens? And we go on and on and on, pondering a lot of things surrounding our children. With that in mind, I'd like to read something out of the book encouraging verses of the Bible. And the first part of the verse, it says, But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. That's Luke 2, 19. Now the write-up in the book goes on and it says, The Bible records two different accounts of Mary pondering events surrounding her son, Jesus. The first was at the Savior's birth. Following the angel's appearance to the shepherds, when she carefully weighed every circumstance she'd experienced and seen. The second time was when the 12-year-old Jesus separated from his parents to sit at the feet of teachers in the temple. When Jesus' anxious parents found him in Jerusalem, they scolded their son. His response, why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? Then he obeyed and went with them. The Bible portrays Jesus's mother as a tender, loving, patient, and humble woman. Yet she was very, very human still. On one hand, she knew Jesus was the Messiah. On the other, she knew that Jesus was her son, the boy she nurtured, taught, and cared for. So Mary stored in her memory the things that had already taken place to try to understand the divine nature and mission of her beloved son. We have no record of Mary verbalizing questions, thoughts, and perhaps at times concerns, but we know she pondered and undoubtedly prayed, as all good Christian parents do. Now, we can well imagine how Mary felt with her son, and she knew that he was the Messiah. So, Obviously, we know and understand why we ponder and are concerned about our children. So as parents, needless to say, we wonder how our children are developing physically, emotionally, mentally, and we wonder about their self-esteem. 
The last two weeks, we covered self-esteem, just what self-esteem is, and characteristics of children with low self-esteem, high self-esteem, and yes, inflated self-esteem. Now we're going to look at some things that parents can do to make a difference in the child's self-esteem. First of all, you have to help your children learn to do things. We cannot constantly have our children depending on us. If the child is learning to tie his or her shoes, a lot of times we want to interfere with that because sometimes we're rushing out of the door trying to get them to school on time or trying to get to an appointment. But we need to let them do it. But now with shoestrings, we have Velcro. So that can make a difference there. But what about putting on their coats or, or putting on their clothes? Give them time to learn how to do it and teach them how to go about doing that. And when teaching kids how to do things, you want to show them first and then help them. And Don't be critical. Don't over-criticize them. Just look at what they're doing and give them honest-to-goodness appraisal about how they're coming about in accomplishing whatever the task might be. Sometimes the parent might have the, the feeling that they have to overly applaud something that the child is doing. This can be detrimental, and we'll talk about that at a, in a little bit. But what you want to do is give your child the help needed, and then as he or she gets better, just start pulling back a little bit. And before you know it, they'll be off and running, doing whatever the task is. As I mentioned, you want to praise your child, but you have to do it wisely. So my thing is the encouraging more so than the praise. Your encouragement should show that you are proud of the child's effort. And if the task is completed, obviously you want to applaud that also. But some ways of praising kids can backfire. So let's take a look at some things that you need to do right when praising. As I mentioned, you don't want to over-praise. Praise that doesn't feel earned just doesn't sit right with the child. And also, he, although he or she may come across as though they're excited about the praise, there's really this little question in their mind. So, for example, if you tell a child that they played really well in the game when you know that they hardly touched the ball or they were running in the opposite direction, then they know that that is not right. Um, Try saying something like, I know that wasn't your best game, but we all have off days and I'm proud of you for not giving up. You hung in there until the very end. So what we'll do is practice a little more, listen to what the coach is saying, and before you know it, you will be playing a lot better. Avoid focusing on, on praise only on results 
or on fixed qualities such as being smart or boy, you're so athletic. Once again, put the, the encouragement on the child's effort. You can also offer encouragement on progress and attitude. For example, you can say something like, you are really working very, very hard on that project. I am so proud of you. Or you're getting so much better on the spelling test. Or listen at that. You're practicing that piano and doing such a good job as you practice. I can hear how it's improving. With this kind of praise, it puts the, the effort into focus. If you're saying things like you're proud of the way they're practicing or their attitude or um, how much effort they have put into something, then you're giving them goals. You're giving them things to work towards by looking at it in that way. And when you do that, the child is more apt to succeed or want to exceed because they're trying harder and harder each time. Here's one that I know you have heard from me over and over, and that is you have to be a role model for your child in this respect also. For instance, if you are making a meal or cleaning up the dishes or or washing the car, you're setting a good example. But also remember, your child is watching and your child is listening to what the attitude is behind everything that you do. He or she is learning that also from you. So, when you think in terms of one of the chores that, and you know it's not one of your favorite, do you go about complaining and grumbling about, oh man, I don't want to wash these clothes because then I know I have to put them up or, oh geez, I don't want to wash these dishes or, or mop the floor. It's the least favorite thing I'd like to do. I think you get the point here. You need to model the behavior that you want your child to do. You also want to ban any harsh criticism. Remember, the messages that kids hear about themselves from others will translate into how they feel about themselves. I often say that a child is not who he or she thinks they are. The child is is who he or she thinks the parent or the authority figure thinks he or she is. So you don't want to use harsh words like, you're so lazy, or you just won't do what I tell you because you're just hard-headed. When, when your child hears this negative message about themselves, it harms their self-esteem. So correct your child with patience. Focus on what you want them to do next. And as I always say, don't try to correct your child when both of you are having a meltdown. I just don't think and I've never seen that work yet. I know it certainly never worked for me. Another way to increase your child's self-esteem is to focus on his or her strengths. 
pay attention to what your child does well and what your child enjoys. And then make sure your child has a chance to participate in these things. And make sure you recognize these strengths and verbalize that to him or her. Focus more on the strengths than on the weaknesses if you want your child to feel good about him or herself. Another thing you can do to build and increase your child's self-esteem is to let him or her help and give help to others. The self-esteem in your child will grow when the child sees that they can help somebody else. And that gives them a sense of, of pride when they can do projects at school or especially service projects, going in to help at the food bank or different acts of kindness will help to build your child's self-esteem. Building your child's self-esteem is not something that you can work on one day and it's over and done with, or you can work with it during preschool and it's over and done with, or high school. That's not the way it works. You need to stay alert. You need to recognize when your child is not him or herself and talk to her and see what's going on. You need to make sure you are, are helping your child to develop emotionally. Don't leave it to the school. Don't leave it to the church. You, the parent, are responsible. Now, what I want to talk about for a little bit is bullying. Now, unfortunately, this takes more, it takes place more and more, and it really shouldn't. But there's a way that you, the parent, can respond that can make all the difference. Of course, you need to make sure that the school, if the child is in school, that that's squared away. But I want to point out what that can do to the child's self-esteem. First of all, let's look at bullying if you are an unsupportive parent. I came across this and thought it was very worthwhile and I needed to cover it. Okay, if you had the support of a relatively safe, responsive, and aware family, you may have had a better chance of recovering and salvaging your self-esteem after having been taunted or bullied as a child. If you already felt unsafe at home, though, and the torture continued outside the home, just imagine how you would feel. The overwhelming sense of being lost, abandoned, hopeless, and filled with self-loathing if there was an unsupportive parent, if there was no one to come to your aid. It can also feel like anyone who befriends you is doing it out of a favor because you see yourself as damaged. Or you may think that anyone involved in your life must be predatory and not to be trusted. So without a supportive home life, 
the effects of bullying can be magnified and it can erode the quality of life. So parents, please, you need to make sure you know if your child is being bullied. Please do not be an unsupportive parent when it comes to your child being bullied. Another type of parent when the child is being bullied is an over-supportive parent. Now, conversely, if your parents, and I'm speaking to you parents, putting you in the place of your child, if your parents were overly and indiscriminately supportive, it can leave you feeling unprepared for the cruel world. Without initial cause to develop a thick layer for defending yourself, it can feel challenging and even shameful to view yourself as unable to withstand the challenges of life. A child who is bullied and have an over-supportive parent can find himself ill-prepared and deeply ashamed to admit that he is not able to take care of himself. So be very careful, parents, if your child is being bullied. Make sure that you handle it so that you're not being overly supportive. Another type of bullying is a child who has a parent who is uninvolved. If a primary caregiver giver is occupied while you're being bullied and they downplay your experience or they let you down when you need them to advocate for them, then you will feel undeserved, undeserving, unnoticed, unworthy, not having feeling like or feeling like you don't deserve any attention, and you can feel very angry. There can be some shame, and the pain can be very brutal. Instead, instead of being an outgoing child, you retreat, and you become more and more isolated and stuck in that shame. Now, I have to give credit, came across this article, and I had never heard it put quite this way when it comes to bullying, but it makes so much sense to me. And it's by Suzanne Lackman, that's L-A-C-H-M-A-N-N. And once again, the type of bullying that she mentioned was the unsupportive parent, the over-supportive parent, and the uninvolved parent. And these are ways that parents can tend to deal with bullying. Bullying can hurt the child in so many ways. So parents, please be aware of what's going on with your child and do the things that you need to do in order to keep his or her self-esteem growing daily. The end of the passage that I read earlier ends in a prayer, and it says, Heavenly Father, thank you for the gift of motherhood. 
I am thankful for my children. Each one is a gift from you with the purpose you placed in their heart long before I ever conceived them. I ponder many things in my heart and have many questions. But like Mary, I trust you to lead me and guide me as I raise them in a way that pleases you. Amen. And to this I add, continue to take care of your children, and I will see you the next time as we continue to parent on purpose. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Purposeful Parenting. For more tips on parenting, or if you would like to reach out, please visit me on HarrietRowe.com and follow me on Facebook, Harriet Rowe. That's Harriet with two T's. I look forward to grabbing a cup of tea or coffee with you next week. Feel free to invite a friend. Until then, this is Harriet Rowe reminding you to parent on purpose. Thank you.